Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of podcast with me, Russell Davis. I think ultimately, as we navigate life and create the life we want and desire and seek, I think one of the things we're trying to do unconsciously is to not have regrets. No one wants to be on their deathbed with regrets. How can we make sure that doesn't happen? Well, let's dive in and find out. thinking about leaving my corporate career a supposedly kind of very safe job it was safe in a way that it was a very large organization it wasn't going to go under you know um, anytime soon um, I seemed to be doing very well there they seemed to love me and had a very successful career and there's no reason why that wasn't just going to continue um, but something inside me felt that it wasn't the right thing for me I just felt it wasn't me the only way I could describe it. But the idea of leaving felt scary. I had no idea what I'd do instead. I had no idea what um, what would I do instead. Um, and when it came to actually leaving, my wife was pregnant and I decided that I need to honour my commitment to leave and go on this journey. And the one thing that kind of sustained me through that time to continue to follow through on that and looking back, I'm very grateful, so grateful I did, um, is the thought of being on my deathbed um, and regretting not going on that adventure, finding something more me and pursuing the idea of getting paid for being me and finding something more fulfilling or a sense of purpose to life. Um, Yeah, I guess the word fulfilling... And that idea of that regret is the thing that kind of kept me kept me going in that kind of very often scary um, decision, big decision, and, and, and pursuing pursuing a job that yeah was me and fulfilling, and I didn't have that Sunday evening feeling. Or not, I didn't dread Monday morning, but I didn't look forward to to, to work or. It was something I just got through in a way. And now I love what I do. I, I, I love, I get paid for being me and I just love what I do. Um, I probably work longer hours now than I did then in many ways, but it's just what I enjoy. It's like a passion. I enjoy it. But it's that regret that helped me sustain me on that kind of journey and, and keep keep that decision despite how scary it was. And there's something about death, I think, in our culture we don't really talk about death very much. Um, and death used to be the centre of communities, as in, you know, here in the UK anyway, the villages, um, centre of the village or from the church and, and the churchyard. So your death was very visible in a way. Now that then the modern kind of crematoriums will get moved to the edge of the cities. I think probably after the war, I, guess, I imagine the war is a very life-changing, societal-changing, world-changing experience I can't imagine living through a war um, like people did in the first and second world war and I think then maybe our attitude to death death may have changed through that but then modern day cemeteries got built on the edge of towns almost uh, out of sight 
and often out of mind. Um, not that people have <laughs> lost out of mind, but the idea, the concept of death often out of mind. Maybe it's just too painful. And sometimes we don't consider our own death. Some people are scared of death, scared of dying. And I think looking at our relationship with death can be really helpful, having a healthy relationship with death, knowing that we are going to die, that in, ways, in some sense the, the clock is ticking, can be a good thing because it can help focus our mind and help us question, okay, what's really important for us while we are here? What is it we want to be doing? Um, and looking at the idea of regrets can be a way of focusing the mind. There was an Australian palliative care nurse uh, Bronnie Ware, um, she spent many years um, caring for people in their last weeks of their lives. And she started to record their, these old people, these dying, not say old, but people dying, their kind of epiphanies, their reflections, um, their thinking um, as, they, as they were dying, kind of the wisdom that came from them, from people who, who looking back at their lives and maybe have some regrets about how they lived their lives. And she identified what she said the top five regrets of the dying. I just want to share some of these now because it'd be quite interesting to explore them, what we can learn from them as we navigate our lives today. And sometimes we go through challenging thing periods in life. How can we use that um, idea of avoiding regrets as a way of making decisions and making sure we're focused on what's really important in our lives? And sometimes with my clients, we do an exercise where I take them out to the end of their lives and they meet the, their kind of future self who's in the autumn of their years and, and have a conversation with that kind of future self to help to get some clarity and perspective about uh, decisions and, and what's going on in their life um, today. So going back to these top five regrets from, kind of, from, from Bonnie, and uh, one of the first one is, I wish I had the courage to live a, true, a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And very much I can see I spent more years in the career that didn't really serve me. It wasn't really me because of very, that, that very reason. I was living the life others expected of me. Unconsciously, I was creating the life my mother wanted for me, expected of me. A safe job, a good career. She, you know, it's maybe a generational thing as well. She spent all her years... Um, in, in one job, um, in one career, uh, working for local government, creating a nice good pension. And that was the thing about creating security. Um, and I was living a life uh, was expected of me. I was expected to be the intelligent one. I was expected to go to university because um, it's the school I went was very kind of high academic. I was supposed to be the clever one of, of my siblings. I went to the you know, the, you know, the clever person schooled. I was expected to go to university. I was expected to get a, a good career. And I was making these decisions from a place of expectation rather than what does my heart and soul want? I'd lost a, a sense of connecting to that. So just be mindful how much are we making decisions based on um, expectations of others? How much are we living the life we think we should be living rather than being one true to our heart and our soul? Um, what are we doing even on our journey of creating the life we want maybe in our career or health or well-being or trying to have a baby what are we doing on those lives because we think we should be doing it rather than trusting our heart and our soul on that journey to that destination and there's no formula to creating the life we want 
Um, it's about trusting our own insights, our own intuition to navigate our, these journeys that in a way that's true to ourselves. In what ways in our life are we living the life we think we should be doing or doing the things we think we should be doing and not honouring our heart and our soul with the big things and the small things? The second one, regret, which is no surprise, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And how many people, yeah, just working because um, we think we should, fear of failure, fear of judgment from our bosses or colleagues. Um, what's interesting, uh, what uh, Bonnie says, this came from every male patient that I nursed. Um, I think maybe it's maybe a generational thing, maybe, you know, the generation she was nursing, maybe more than men worked than women worked. Life is very different now. Thankfully, there's more, there's more balance uh, with masculine and feminine energy. Um, well, needs to be still more balance of that. Um, so, so her culture, her looks with the generation she was nursing, most of the men were the kind of breadwinners, as it were. Um, and I guess a lot of men regretted not spending more time with their families and and th- spending time on on the treadmill. Um, so that's a common one. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And it's focusing, I guess, again on the smaller things, things we can be grateful for, the connections, the relationships. Um, so that's an obvious one. I think I, I wish I worked so hard. A third one. I wish I hadn't. So I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. And this is an interesting one. I can see definitely in my own life um, as a people pleaser. So I didn't express what I thought in situations. Um, I wanted to make sure people thought good of me, and I held back expressing how I felt. And this affected our relationship for many years. I'm still learning in some ways to, to be more open and just saying saying what I feel. Um, say what I feel. Don't hold back. And there's nothing you can't say. You can't you know, say in love. And when we don't express our feelings, we are not being true to ourselves. I think, um, even quoting the Bible, you know, the truth will set you free. And I say that in a way that when we speak our truth, be our truth, live our truth, there's a sense of freedom and liberation with that. I think the sense of joy and happiness comes from just being ourselves, being able to express ourselves. And often as young young people, children, toddlers, we get taught to be seen and not heard or get taught that we shouldn't be angry or our feelings are bad in some way. And I don't think we're taught to, to, to express our feelings freely. No, that's okay. Our feelings are never bad or wrong. And I think we need to honour ourselves and honour our feelings and be able to express ourselves more freely. And sometimes with clients, I ask the question, you know, what in a particular situation, maybe with a particular person in their lives, what's the truth you haven't shared or spoken? What's the truth you've not spoken? Where are you holding back? And a lot of times I get my clients to, to be more open and honest and expressing themselves with people in their lives. And in doing so, they're honouring themselves more strongly. So the third, third one is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So where are you holding back and not expressing your feelings in your life? The fourth one, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Um, yeah, and often for your friendships do slip away. People move away, things change. And often people have regrets about that. I have some regrets about some of my kind of dear friendships from early in my life have, have, have slipped away. And uh, it takes more effort to, to maintain those friendships. Um, so where... Can you do that? And I know sometimes, um, I think a true friendship is now you can have a difference of opinion and that's okay. And I've got some friends I don't see for many years and we get together, it's like, you know, time hasn't passed. 
uh, and there's just a just a honouring of each other, even though we think differently in different ways. Um, so, in what way can you you know spend more effort in maintaining connections and relationships, um, even if people think differently? You know, it's just their thinking. Um, underneath that, um, there's love, and and their heart is in the right place. So yeah, just acknowledging that, and what can you do to make sure you stay in touch with friends and not get caught up into uh, what we think is important. It goes back to, I guess, well, I'll finish that, I'll come back to that. Um, the last one, I wish I had let myself be happier. I wish I let myself be happier. Um, yeah, and why don't we let ourselves be happier? Why do we choose things that don't make us happy? And I think it goes back to the things we think we should have. We get outside in trying to chase the things that society say we think we need to be happy. Um, and maybe we're too scared to take the more scared, kind of um, lonely or or vulnerable path of of doing the things you want to be doing. I guess, like an example, I think come back to me leaving my career or pursuing something more me. Um, that felt very scary, um, but it was to choose something that kind of uh, walk away from a corporate career to do something more me, because uh, I wanted to know I could be more fulfilled and happier in life. And that can feel feel scary. And it's interesting when I did that, how many people I worked with in that corporate said they wished they could do something you know, the same. They felt trapped in a life of maintaining a lifestyle in a job that wasn't really them. Um, my question to them was, why, why don't you? It's I'm no different. It's not as if I've got a massive nest egg and to live off. I have to still pay my bills. It was still a scary thing. And we've downsized along the way to, to allow ourselves to create the lifestyle we want, to allow my wife to be a stay-at-home mum and to do things that make her happy and to honour her heart her soul and do things that hopefully enables my son to be happy in life. Um, so, yeah, what can you do to, to, to allow yourself to be happier? Often we don't think we can be happy or, or you know, it's, a, it's an option to be happy, to choose happiness. Um, it can feel frivolous. But yeah, what can you do to make yourself feel happier? When I felt a bit lost in life, my mantra was follow your bliss. Because I had no idea what, what I wanted to do, was leaving this corporate career, no idea what to do next. So I just chose things that made me happy, just as a practice, just to find out what makes me happy, to find out more about me, than what makes me tick, what makes my heart sing. So I'd lost sight of that. It goes back to living the life that I think we should be living, rather than living one that makes you happy. So... Yeah, many things there that you know, can take us off track from creating a life that um, we feel happier, feel inspired by, and to avoid those kind of future regrets. So sometimes we go through really challenging times and not sure the next step in our lives. So I encourage you to play the deathbed game. Now, the deathbed game is um, you get one point when you do something that counteracts one of these regrets. You get one point when you do one thing to counteract one of these regrets. So there's, I wish I had the courage to live my life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. You get a point every time you do that. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. You get a point every time you decide to stop work and focus on friends, family, connections, the things you enjoy. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. You get a point when you express yourself more freely. Sometimes that can feel really edgy. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. You get a point when you do that. I wish I'd let myself be happier. You get a point when you choose happiness. 
play the death bay game. Even if you're going through a really challenging time in life, feel a bit lost, not sure what to do next. Um, it's a fabulous game to play. And it helps bring, I guess, a sense of connection to your true self. And in doing so, I think you're connecting to your heart and your soul, your innate resources, clarity, perspective, you, um, your soul, which um, brings everything you need in any given moment. And we start living life due to our soul and not trying to chase things on the outside of us we think we need. So, yeah, the five regrets of the dying. How can you make decisions, even the small things, that create those points in this game that allow you to counteract those decisions and create more of a life that is true to your heart and your soul, that brings a sense of fulfilment, hope and perspective, even in challenging times. Loving you.